One thing that I learned from a commercial lender a couple of years back was that the savvy commercial lenders can actually add that back into the underwriting to show what the real cash flow is. And maybe this is more, you know, less for syndication, more for, you know, individuals who are buying properties because, you know, you're not, del- you're not you know, distributing the income to, you know, to investors. But what having that initial report or that initial at least estimate analysis before you buy a property, you can actually share that with your lender and they can help to understand what you're, because they're always going to be looking, what's the DCSR, right? How much money are you going to have to pay off the debt service? They want to know that upfront when you can show them that, well, here's my cash flow, here's my net operating income, but I'm not paying taxes on that. So really my cash flow, right, is much more. And so really I have more to work with in terms of the debt service coverage ratio. That's something I learned from a commercial lender a couple of years back that I thought was very insightful. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. I interview the top commercial real estate investors and industry experts so you can learn from their experiences. So if you're an investor, a high W-2 earner or real estate or tech sales professional that wants to invest in real estate without having to manage properties or leave your day job, then this podcast is for you. Or if you're already investing in real estate, but you're doing it part-time and you want to become a full-time multifamily or full-time commercial real estate investor, this podcast is for you too. You're going to learn a ton. You will learn from real life multifamily investors and other professionals in the industry. They're going to share their blueprints for success. And I'm super excited that you're here. So I hope you enjoy the show. All right. Hello, hello. This is Abel Pacheco, your host for the Five Talents Podcast. We are super excited, as always, to bring you some additional educational information for investing, for financial freedom, for multifamily, commercial real estate. And we are pleased to provide you with some bonus episodes. So if you've been following our show, there are 186, I don't know, 187 something shows that we've been able to record with some phenomenal guests. And Last year, when COVID was bringing us down at one of the hardest levels for networking and person events, we started a virtual meetup, and we were doing weekly Wednesdays, and we did those for, gosh, it felt like a little under a year, and every once in a while, we would have some really solid guests deliver some really great information. It was just for our meetup attendees, and we are finally going to publish those. So we're excited to put them out, some unreleased, unpublished, some versions of our meetup. So I just wanted to provide you a heads up. These are going to be the next few bonus episodes, push them out and get some information, additional education out to you all. So hopefully you enjoy. We trust that you you all are liking, are sending reviews, written reviews to our podcast. The number of positive ratings continues to grow. So we appreciate your listening, your support, your social support as well on Facebook and LinkedIn and all the different places that we push to. So and Instagram. So thank you very much for everything. And I hope you enjoy the next several episodes. So guest number one was Mr. Yona Weiss. He was our first podcast guest. He helped me through the way we had a great conversation. And I thought, you know, he would probably be a good you know, source for education today. 
So I'm going to allow him to introduce himself further and say what he does and how he does it. And then, Yona, I'll probably just ask a few questions as you're going through this and would love, you know, to talk about some accelerated appreciation cost segregation. And, you know, so let me turn it over for a minute. Introduce yourself, please. And then we'll go from there, brother. I think you did a great job introducing me already. I don't know what else I need to say. The, the cost seg king. <laughs> if you're new to LinkedIn or social, you follow this guy. He's a good one to follow. Yeah, I think I pretty much recognize everyone's name here uh, for the most part. I didn't look at everyone yet, but definitely see a lot of familiar faces and names. So great to have you here. I'm, yeah. I'm just literally, like you said, I'm traveling all over the world today. And my <laughs> voice is already a little hoarse from the presentation I just did for the last hour or so. I love it. Well, we're, we're trying to take it easy on you, Yoda. <laughs> We'll take it easy on you, man. It's all good. So I'm with uh, Madison Specs. We're the largest national conservation company doing this in all 50 states. I've been involved for a little over three years with this company. So just enjoying the ride, trying to teach people about the tax savings, help people save income tax. And it's been a lot of fun. I'm also the host of the Weiss Advice podcast, which I highly recommend anyone checking out some good, uh, good content putting out there. Not about conservation. So if you want to hear it, you got to stick around today and pay attention. Or you can just listen to me on a couple other podcasts I've been on. So without further ado, Abel, what's the, uh, what's what's on the story? What's the education? So <laughs> look, I'm going to take Yona through a few questions that you know I know he's going to knock out of the park. But to double down on the Weiss Advice podcast, he's got some amazing guests. He's in the commercial real estate world full time. He knows the tax side of the world mm-hmm. and then interviews a lot of the players. So that's a great one to watch as well for some education. And, you know, let me start it off. So for those that, you know, maybe we understand what it is, we understand, you know, there's a tax benefit, just start at the hundred level, 101, man. What is depreciation? What's accelerated depreciation? What's the benefit of a cost seg study? And then I'll ask you maybe one or two more. We'll get after it. Sure. Yeah. So just straightforward. If anyone owns a commercial property, any type of investment property, it doesn't mean it can be residential, be a single family, you get what's called depreciation deduction. And I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with this and know that this deduction exists. And basically what it does is you buy a building based on your purchase price, you're allowed to take a little bit every single year as a depreciation deduction. And even if your property is going up in value, it's appreciating the concept is that since things go down in value as time goes on, you're able to take a write-off basically every year of how much the building should be losing value as if it is. But that starts the day you buy the property, not based on the day the building was built. You know, Unless it's a new construction, then obviously it starts when you know, it's first place in service. So that's what depreciation is. Consegregation is really just an advanced form of that is saying, well, hey, the whole building is, you know, there's a lot of components, a lot of things, individual assets inside this building, inside this property that actually, according to the tax code, depreciate at a faster rate. And so you're able to take by doing a cost segregation study, which is a very detailed engineering study of the building, breaking down those different components into those different tax lives, those different schedules, you're able to take those tax deductions at a faster rate. So in a nutshell, that's what it is. We're, we're, front-loading your overall tax deductions that you can spread over a 27 and a half year period, take a little bit every year. We're front-loading a certain portion of that, maybe 20 to 30% of that into the first year or the first five years. And you can take those as large tax deductions upfront. Yeah. And let me give you a working example. And actually to gauge the audience, who is a real estate professional, IRS classified, you know, you're a real estate professional. Okay. 
Who got a significant other that's a real estate professional in the family? Anybody else? Okay, one or two other hands. Who is 100% you know you're not a real estate professional at all? You have full-time W-2, can't take any of those. Okay, okay, cool. A few of you. So that kind of gauges the room, right? I was not a full-time real estate professional, according to the IRS, in 2019. My wife was. And my wife stayed home from work. She was a CEO of our real estate business. I invested 100K cash in a couple of deals as a passive investor. And we essentially had enough, everything that Yona just talked about, accelerated depreciation through a cost segregation study, squeezed 27 years down to like five. And in our first year bonus year, we wrote off $68,000 from taxes. So I was like, that's a pretty good 100K investment if I've ever seen one. So I put in 100. I was the W-2 earner at work. So I had pretty good W-2, which I walked away from this year. But that W-2 withholdings was less than 68. So I wrote off all of my W-2 withholdings. I got a 30K refund check. And then I had more taxes deduction to roll over to 2020. So... That is basically how I'm like, oh, I understand fully the benefit. So let me just frame that for you guys on the benefit of this. Yona, so what do you see? You know, you see a lot of commercial real estate investors, syndicators, operators, passive investors, talk with a bunch of people and all different kinds of assets, asset classes. Did I miss anything on these benefits on why it's so money? I think you, you highlighted something really important. It's, it's not about how much these tax deductions you can get it's really about how much you can use, okay? And so if you are not, or you or your spouse are not a real estate professional, then you're limited to how much of these tax deductions you can actually use in the current year. So I think that's something a lot of people overlook. They get, you know, hear about the cost segregation, they get like a free estimate, you know, and see, wow, this this means I can get $300,000 of depreciation deductions this year. That's awesome. But if you're not a real estate professional, you're limited to use those deductions to offset your passive income from your rental properties. So it is limited, but if you are a real estate professional, like Abel said, it goes be well beyond that. And any passive losses, any extra deductions you have can be used to offset your W-2 income or income from any other sources. So if you're a syndicator, for example, right, you may be taking an acquisition fee. That's not rental property income, right? That acquisition fee might be a large you know, portion of your income, and that's going to be taxed at the highest possible rate. You want to make sure that you're getting the tax deduction to offset that. And so it's really part of the strategy, part of the game of building wealth through real estate is not only creating that wealth through you know the equity in the property, through the cash flow, but also specifically for the tax deductions that come along with it. Yeah, that's awesome. Who's invested in single family prior to commercial multifamily? Okay, gotcha. Gauge the room a little bit. And you know, unfortunately, you know, well, I did take tax, you know, deductions, which is really good in single family. I just never squeezed 27 years into the first five. That's <laughs> basically the, the accelerator part. So anyways, you know, that's why I wanted Yona to talk a little bit about, hey, what, you know, maybe a different, I don't know if anybody asked you this, you ton of podcasts. What's up with the new regime, the new presidential, our POTUS? He's got some plans, some thoughts on new, you know, tax rules. Have you dug into any of that stuff as it relates to accelerated appreciation, 
cost segregation study, or it's too soon to tell? Do you know any of those insights? Yeah, I think I think it's too soon to tell. For one, there's been so little information given about mm-hmm. any potential possible plans that it's not even worth spending time looking speculation into. Speculation at this point. Yeah, it's total speculation. And not only speculation, it's so vague is what it is. It's really, and you hear things from different different sources that are completely contradictory. So yeah. I, I think it's too premature to actually dig into that. I think we need to wait in the coming months and then, you know, see what happens from there and, and then see what happens with Congress because any potential tax plan that any president has has to go through the Senate, has to go through the channels to pass first. So historically, you know, tax advantages, especially real estate bonus depreciation, for example, all this stuff has been highlighted and has been, you know, passed through Congress. And I'm talking about consistently over the past 50 years. So I'm this is nothing new to like the Trump administration that, you know, they created the bonus depreciation with Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. That was a new, a novel, right, benefit, but it was consistent with the you know, tax advantages for real estate professionals as has been for the last several decades. So I don't see Congress, you know, changing anything in that regard. There's been talk about doing away with 1031 exchanges as well. It's also highly doubtful. Come on, fingers crossed. Well, fingers yeah, crossed. exactly. <laughs> Say a prayer. Out of Canada, whatever you need to do. Love it. Okay, well, that's good. Still too soon to call. Hey, what insights or advice can you give? Like, let's say, and we're going to switch gears a little bit. You're the cost side king, and we appreciate it. And I think most of this group can go follow any number of, what, 100 plus podcasts on the subject? Or yeah, I've been, 200? I've, what? How, I've how many have you done? a few times. I don't know. I lost count. But yeah, I try to... <laughs> I try to put them up on my website. You go to yonawice.com if you want to. I scroll through it. He's got a ton of them. So there's a bunch of information. Switching gears, you, man, have met with a lot of commercial real estate investors. You know, maybe tell us a a couple of summary wisdom points, a few data points to say, man, out of everything, here's the most successful people. I think they do X, Y, Z. Maybe it's a mindset thing. Maybe it's a strategy thing. Maybe it's whatever, whatever. We'd love some of those consolidated wisdom points if you can, if you can share. Sure. I mean, that's great. I think, and you're right. I have the, you know, the incredible privilege and benefit to have, you know, speak with some of the top people around the country, right. For the past few years, like kind of a daily list, which kind of gave me an in to why I started the podcast in the first place. Like I'm rubbing shoulders and talking to all these people like, Hey, I can interview them and let's see (laughs) what they have to share with my audience. So but I think one thing that is consistent, you know, with successful people in general and specifically real estate is that they realize the importance of a team. Okay. It's not like nobody there. I've never come across someone who considers themselves a self-made, right. And, and that concept to me really bothers me when people come out, I'm self-made, right. First of all, without getting into, you know, the theology of it, right? no, no one's self-made. Okay. First yeah. of all, but there's a team involved. There's always a team involved. These people, they can't do anything and they can't scale without having those team members and realizing the potential, right? To be able to scale, to be able to to get bigger, they need to delegate. They need to have those team members in place so that they can do more of what they're good at. And actually, I just had an episode air this morning with Dr. Erin Hudson. I think she's local to you guys over there in San Antonio. Yeah, Erin. We know Erin. Erin, she's she's great. Super awesome. And one of the things she talked about is exactly this. When you know what your superpower is, when you know what you're good at, right? Find team members that are good at the things that you don't like to do and that you're not so good at 
and use those powers and combine them together to really explode. And I, I interviewed someone else recently, a couple of guys that they're partners, they came with partnerships. And how do you guys get started in partners? They're both real estate investors, both successful. And then they formed a partnership. I was like, how did that come about? And basically they said, we kept bidding on the same properties against each other. <laughs> and one day, like we just met at a property, uh, yeah. to, at a property tour. And we're like, hey, I know you're going to bid on this. I'm going to bid on this. Like, why don't we just buy it together? And let's see. And it turned out they had a lot of strengths and weaknesses that the others didn't have. And so it was an amazing balance when you realize kind of just that humility. Like, I don't have to do everything on my own. I don't have to take over the world on my own. I can partner with someone else and do something, focus on the things that I'm good at and the things that I love to do and have a partner, have people that can do those other things and just grow together. Hello, hello. You're listening to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. If you're enjoying this podcast, then I know you're serious about achieving financial freedom. Are you ready to create your own path through multifamily investing for yourself and your family? then I know you're gonna appreciate our investor's guide to multifamily investing. It's titled Tackling Commercial Real Estate the Easy Way. We use this guide to invest ourselves in $93 million worth of real estate. So we're gonna show you the basic mechanics of multifamily syndications and how to evaluate your next passive investment opportunity. So the best part, if you subscribe to our podcast now, leave us a review and a rating. I'm going to give you a free copy of our ebook. So please take a moment to do that now. Once you've done that, go to 5tcre.com forward slash ebook, 5tcre.com forward slash ebook. Make sure to let us know you left a review and we're going to send you a free copy. So thank you so much for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast. We really appreciate it. Right on. I love it. That's, I mean, outstanding. That's a good summary of, of a number of topics, partnership, working together, focusing on your strengths, and then, you know, just uh, realizing you're, you're only one man, no one's self-made. We all help each other, you know, one way or the other, whether I'm learning from or actually partnering with, you know, everybody is helping each other. So I, I love it, especially in the multifamily commercial community. It kind of feels like very different than the single family community that I was a part of for a number of years. So anyways, this is awesome. Yona, I want to be respectful of your time, my friend. I know you're traveling to three other cities the rest of the day or how, you know, the five city tour today that you were on. So is there any last, anything you want to share with us, anything you're, you're hoping to speak on today for, for our community, our network right now? Let's talk about maybe just a couple more things. Let's just get into one thing. Well, first of all, if anyone ever, ever has a property and you're interested in looking conservation, obviously. I mentioned before, we do a free analysis, something to look, you know, to just look into, see what those numbers look like. Happy to speak with anyone privately. I have a Calendly on my LinkedIn page. You can just book schedule time anytime like that. So and let me, let me hit on it one more time for you just to highlight this, because I've used Yona on, you know, a couple of deals recently, and I haven't, this is before closing, try to pull somebody in an investor. And, and I have some pretty savvy investors that say, well, how much tax losses am I going to get from this deal? And they want to know in advance before they invest, as opposed to after the fact, we're saying, hey, it's going to be X amount. So Yona will actually go give us at least some some very good closest to the pin math, if you want to call it that. And I know in advance and he's extremely helpful. So I would highly recommend his services. Sorry to cut you off. I just wanted to share. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And so that's just something, like, like you said, sometimes investors are curious about that. Sometimes you want to know, and maybe plug it into your underwriting. One thing that I learned from a commercial lender a couple of years back was that the savvy commercial lenders can actually add that back into the underwriting to show what the real cash flow is. And maybe this is more, you know, less for syndications, more for, you know, individuals who are buying properties because, you know, you're not, del- you're not you know, distributing the income to, you know, to investors. But what having that initial report or that initial at least estimate analysis before you buy a property, you can actually share that with your lender and they can help to understand what you're, because they're always going to be looking, what's the DCSR, right? How much money are you going to have to pay off the debt service? They want to know that upfront when you can show them that, well, here's my cash flow, here's my net operating income, but I'm not paying taxes on that. So really my cash flow, right, is much more. And so really I have more to work with in terms of the debt service coverage ratio. That's something I learned from a commercial lender a couple of years back that I thought was very insightful. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, no, that's that's good. Uh, okay. Maybe there was, but maybe open it up to the floor if anyone has any any questions they've been burning to ask. I got questions, one, Yana. I got asked a question this morning from an investor. And the question was the same thing. How much depreciation am I going to get? And my answer was a lot. I just didn't know how much. <laughs> and so is, there like a, is there like a, a scale? I know it's hard because each asset is different, but is there like a range? that you can give someone that asset before we go out and get an estimate on a property? Like, is it half of what you invest maybe, or is it like, you know, 200% to half to 200%? What, what is there? Is there like a range or is that like out of the question? No, there is a range and it's a really good question. There's a range of the property itself, how much depreciation is going to be accelerated. So that's pretty average. I would say, I mean, it, it fluctuates based on the type of property there is, but like, let's say a a garden style multifamily property, typically between I'd say 20 and 30%. And again, let's say 25%, but that's going to be a round number. But then even more importantly is really what your investor was asking. Well, I'm investing X amount into this deal. Like how much am I going to get of that? Okay. And so that's something really important because your depreciation is going to be based on the purchase price. Okay. And so the investors, depending on how you structure it, but most people structure the deals in a way that everyone gets an equity position in the property, which means they have a percentage of ownership, whatever that's going to be. Based on that percentage of ownership, they're going to be allocated depreciation equally. So if you own 10% of the property, right, you're going to get whatever income you're going to get, you're going to get 10% of the depreciation, whether accelerated or not, at the end of the year. Now, What's important to note, and this actually came up very recently, that I mentioned is based on the purchase price. Now, you may be getting, and most people buy commercial properties with leverage, right? You get financing. You get a bank to pay a good chunk of that money, bringing you to your purchase price. So you may buy a $10 million building, and you and your investors together are putting in 25% of that, $2.5 million. Well, guess what? Your depreciation is based on the $10 million, not on the 2 so you may have a hundred, you know, a two hundred fifty thousand dollar investor who's putting in ten percent of the equity. Let's just say to keep the round numbers, you're getting ten percent of the equity, but you're getting ten percent of the equity and the depreciation based on ten million. Okay, so twenty five percent of ten million, just going back to depreciation, is two two and a half million dollars, and you get ten percent of that. Well, guess what? You put in two hundred fifty thousand dollars investment. And I'm sorry if I lost anyone with the numbers, but you're getting in that example, the 25%, you're getting 100% 
of that of the accelerated depreciation, which if you're doing bonus depreciation again the first year, you're getting all of that upfront. Now that changes drastically when number one, the equity split is is different and when the leverage is much lower. Okay. So if you're and I we just had this recently with someone, they actually raised like 70% of equity from investors and only got a 30% loan of leverage, which meant that the depreciation allocations are much, much lower, okay, than they would be on a property that was bought with bank financing at a higher leverage rate. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. That I see was, some confused faces though. That was awesome. <laughs> that was super awesome. Uh, I did record this. Uh, I'll, I'll, I will send it out so you could break it down. But yeah, it's, you know, your, your percentage of investment is a percentage of the equity and your leverage, your loan to value also impacts that amount of return more I put in. Yeah. And this, and the, and that flips that flip answer is yes. Get somebody like Yona to help you with the deal, at least on the front end. Right. And he can give you some examples and then every do every investor still has their CPA that they probably need to talk to active, passive, different tax brackets, things like that. Real estate professional, not, but yeah. Yep. I think Kenneth had a question. You wrote in the chat. Yeah, Yona, I just have a quick question. Uh, First, great, great information as usual, but say like you're an investor, you're looking at a property and you know it's going to need some major capex, even maybe not right away, but down the road, three or four years. Are you setting yourself up for for failure for taking accelerated depreciation on say like the roof or like water heaters or or like the HVAC or like the mechanicals? Are you replacing them in five years? And can you take like depreciation on the same items twice, if that makes any sense. Like you replace the roof after five years, can you, you know, that's a major expense. Can, how do you depreciate that? How do you account for capital expenditures that you're going to be doing when you're calculating your depreciation, I guess is my, my question. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent question. So it's really kind of a two-part question here and I'll, I'll answer it in two parts also, which is I'll just reiterate it for, for everyone. But just to preface, when you buy a property, your depreciation is set based on your purchase price, okay? Which means that's the amount you can now depreciate over that number of years. You can accelerate that, you cannot accelerate, whatever. That doesn't change with an appraisal, doesn't change when that goes up in value. The only time that changes is when you do capital improvements, okay? So when you add money into the property, that money spent is depreciated, okay? Which means if you're replacing a roof, all right, you're placing the appliances, furniture, whatever you're doing you're going to add that into your depreciable basis. And two things that happen, okay? Number one, when you do a cost segregation study from the beginning, okay, on the acquisition, what we're doing is we are doing, again, the cost segregation on the acquisition cost. We're breaking down, the engineers are breaking down what the overall purchase price is and how much of everything in the building and everything in there, all the components depreciate. And we're taking those tax deductions at a faster rate. Then when you do capital improvements and you're replacing a roof, which is structural anyways, a roof is structural, so it doesn't accelerate depreciation, but it's still depreciated just to add it in. You are going to add that into the basis. Once you, since you've done a conservation study, you can go back and do two things. Number one is called a write-off study, which is uh, from the real, we call it a write-off study, but what it is, it's called partial asset disposition. It's a tax terminology that allows you, since you've already claimed the value, you've already identified from the beginning, from the acquisition, what the value of every individual component is. 
when in five years from now, you replace those individual items, you can write that off from your books. Meaning you take that off of your depreciation schedule. You're no longer depreciating that. It's gone. Okay. Which means it's good going to help you in the long run. Also, if and when you sell the property on the back end with depreciation recapture. So that's going to be cut off, taken off the, the books. That's called the write-off site. Then all the money that was spent on the renovations can now be allocated and segregated their costs, right? Cost segregation into those different categories. And so you can do a follow-up study once you've done those renovations at a later point in a different tax year and take the tax benefits going forward on, on that amount as well. Clear, right, Kenneth? <laughs> hey, uh, I'm, I'm real... probably going to have to listen to that again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, I have a good question maybe to follow up on that. Who's the best advisor to help me with that in the deal? Is it your firm or I go to CPA or who, who, who do I basically talk to and say, hey, this is the best way to do it, Abel? To do what specifically? To, to, like, to... to advise me, hey, if you spend CapEx in year one versus year two, bonus not, is it yeah. your firm or is it like somebody else, my CPA on my deal? Or, yeah. You know? No. So we're not an accounting firm. Okay. Just to, to be clear, we specifically yeah. right, focus on cost segregation. We have other services also. Madison is a big company, Madison Title, Madison 1031 Exchange. Yeah. So we do other services. But yes, you can definitely come to us to advise on that aspect. But you want to, again, always discuss this with your tax advisor uh, yeah. because every individual has an overall situation that the consultation is going to be looking at the specifics of the property of depreciation. But you know, maybe your overall situation is going to be different. You want to yeah. look into that. But it definitely is a good idea to do that, do the cost segregation because it actually helps to do cost segregation from the beginning because it helps you later on when you do those renovations. Right on. All right. That's, that's awesome. Advisors. James has been okay, go ahead, James. over here. Yeah. Let me ask uh, real quick. So how does it, is it any conflicting interest to just to add an advantage if you make a purchase of a uh, commercial building? in an opportunity zone? It's not a really a conflict of interest per se, because the opportunity zone actually can be more beneficial. The interesting thing about opportunity zones is that you have to spend more money in the renovations or in the you know, building, whatever, in the construction, than you would the actual purchase, right? Now, something really interesting happens when you do a cost segregation and you do bonus depreciation immediately upon acquisition. And there's some regs involved in this. And I haven't actually looked, this may be already outdated. I think the last time I looked into this was was about six, seven months ago. So I don't know if they changed things since then. I haven't been keeping up with the regs on the opportunity zones. But you lower your basis, your tax basis when you do bonus depreciation. So let me just give you an example. If you buy an existing property and you do bonus depreciation, you're taking that 25% off right away. Okay. So your $10 million property, you've just taken off two and a half million from your basis by taking that bonus depreciation the first year, your basis is now, meaning the amount of how the property is worth is now seven and a half million. When you've done that, and I think if I remember correctly, it's like if you do that within the first 20 months or something like that, then that establishes, and correct me if I'm wrong with opportunity zones, that establishes what the basis is, how much you have to reinvest during that first 20 months, something like that. Have not done opportunity. I'm zone not an opportunity zone expert. I, but okay, I'm, I'm actually looking at a building to purchase in the opportunity zone. And, okay, well, uh, well, this might help because since you have to do this major capex, this major renovations, um, you have to spend the equal to the amount that you spent. All right, you ten million dollars. But if you already lowered that basis by twenty five percent, and now your base is only seven and a half million, you only have to spend seven and a half million. 
So that's the one difference that I would say that actually helps when doing opportunity zones in this regard, but definitely, definitely look into a little further. Right on. Hey, last and final question, minimum dollar amount for real estate property, I guess a million. I don't know what the actual answer is. Yeah. So it's good. Cause I see Karen asked, you know, if it's five units or uh, it's a number amount, it's, it doesn't have to do with the size of the property. The unit count has more to do with the dollar amount. Cause again, that's going to establish your basis. Usually for commercial properties and multifamily, I, I recommend anything over half a million is definitely worth looking into. If it's less than that, probably doesn't, unless you're a real estate professional, in which case your individual case might make it sense. Mm-hmm. There's also for single families, we started doing a lot of single families recently and doing like portfolios and, and, we lowered the actual fee for single family prices, like cut it way, way down. So which means that it actually may be beneficial even on much smaller properties for single families. Right on. So everyone, thank you, Yona. Yona, thank you very much. You're the man. I appreciate it. We're good. Everybody should it's been be a pleasure. Thank you so much, Abel. It's uh, hey. been a pleasure for all, all you guys also. If you do have any other further questions, feel free, reach out to me. You know where to find me. LinkedIn is the best place. More responsive there than email usually. So definitely, uh, keep it going. And I hope everyone has an awesome rest of your day. Hey, you're the man. Thank you very much. And I appreciate the time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the five talents podcast with your host, myself, Abel Pacheco. Each week, we're going to bring you interviews from industry experts and commercial real estate investors who followed their dreams and achieved massive success. Before you leave, let me ask you a few questions. Did you enjoy this episode? Did you learn something valuable? Was your mind stretched to what's possible and what you can achieve? Do you want other experts just like the one you heard today? If you answered yes to any or all of those questions, then please take a moment to subscribe to the Five Talents Podcast. Give us a five-star rating. And most importantly, leave us a written review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us your favorite guests. Give us any feedback. I'm excited to learn and improve so you can get a more valuable show. So thank you again for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast.